Hey guys, welcome to season two of the Strong Dad Army podcast. Where have these last few weeks gone? Crazy, it's absolutely flown. Um, been busy, you know, recording with guests, planning guests, and absolutely getting clients to smash it out of the park despite the fact they've still not got access to the gym. So this week's episode is brought to you by The Inner Circle. Now, The Inner Circle is a private membership group. Each month, everyone in The Inner Circle gets brand new workouts straight to my own smartphone, at which they're all, you know, part of, they're all signed up to. The training programs are for home and the gym. Despite the fact we've not got access to gyms, or most of us haven't at the moment, every month you get new workouts for home and the gym. And obviously, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, us in the UK will be, be able to start using gyms in the very near future. Uh, everyone in the group also gets personalized calorie targets. Now, the reason for this is to help you achieve what it is you want to achieve. So it's not just about the training aspect. There's a nutritional aspect to it too, which this will help you, you know, melt body fat, build muscle, depending what it is, you know, your own personal goals are. Each week we have a live Q&A in the group, you know, so that members can ask questions. They can all just sort of chip in, give each other tips. Each week I also post brand new recipes to the group and access to this group is less than a quid a day, less than one pound a day. So if you want to get more info or you fancy joining us, all you need to do is head over to newyoufit.co.uk forward slash inner circle. That's new you fit. I'll spell that out for you. It's N-E-W-U-F-I-T.co.uk forward slash inner circle. Sign up, get everything planned out for you pretty much for less than a pound a day. Join the team, get some awesome results, and uh, we'd love to have you on board. So anyway, without further ado, here is episode one of season two, and my guest today is none other than WWE NXT UK superstar Dave Mastiff. Dave and I chatted about the usual stuff about you know childhood growing up, what got him into wrestling, and the all-important stuff about being a dad, and of course, the obligatory embarrassing story. So, without any further ado, I'm going to stop talking crap now and uh, have you guys listen to my chat with WWE superstar Dave Mastiff. Enjoy. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Strong Dad Army podcast. As mentioned in the intro this week, my guest is none other than WWE NXT UK superstar Dave Mastiff. Welcome on, pal. How are you doing, Dan? Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure, mate. My pleasure. I really appreciate your time, pal. Um, so how are things with you? At the, uh, obviously, we're coming to the tail end of this lockdown situation now, but how's it been for you and your family? It's been, it's definitely been unusual. There's never been a time like it, but uh, there's been a lot of positives for me in many aspects. I mean, I've spent every day with my son and the rest of my family, and you know, to see him grow and see him develop and to have that quality time. And you know, a lot of people do kind of uh, miss out on that, and especially their busy life gets for everyone. It, it's, it's on reflection, it's nice to have, even though there's been. You know, I'm sure everybody out there has thought there's been times when, you know, they, they think, oh, when's this going to be over? And yeah. I just want five minutes peace or I want to get back to normal and stuff. But on reflection, it's, it's been pretty good, pretty positive. Nice. Good. I'm glad to hear it, mate. Glad to hear it. But obviously, because of the situation, um, which, you know, we'll get into your career in a bit, but no doubt things have slowed down on the, the, 
the wrestling front for you, have they? Completely no sort of training or, or anything like that? No, no, we, we haven't been able to do anything in ring and train. Um, obviously, we've not been able to tape any shows or anything of that nature. We've We've literally been meeting up once or twice a week and discussing... Uh, you know, old matches, techniques, you know, we've, we've still been working and we've still been meeting up and putting our creative heads together as groups and things like that. So it has been, you know, there, are, there has been development yeah. and we have been working, but it's just not quite the same when, of you know, when our, our end product is putting on a show and performing for people, uh, it's not quite the same to yeah. not be able to do it. That's the thing, isn't it? You can you can talk about it all you want, I suppose, can't you? But it comes down to when you actually put the show on, doesn't it, for the for the fans and, and obviously you you practice and everything as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's all the the culmination of everything we do. I mean, you've seen our weeks at the PC, uh, where we're working hard, busting our guts and things like that. And to then go and tape television at the end of that week is the uh, you know, it's the culmination, it's the grand finale of that week of hard work and that's just one week out of every other week that we've been that we've been going through for as long as we've been doing it individually obviously i've been doing it a long time yeah and it, uh, it's, it's another it's another chapter in the book so to speak yeah and that's the thing i think you know you know i'm maybe getting ahead of myself here but just when you mentioned about the performance center so i think what a lot of people don't realize going on behind you know going on behind the scenes and and you know and this would have been the same for me before i started getting involved and in helping out with the the coaching of, of, of some of you guys down there is that when you do these tapings on like a friday or a saturday night you've actually been training the whole week beforehand so it's not just like you turn up on friday you've had a nice week taking it easy you've been busting your asses in the gym literally busting your asses in the gym in ring sessions you know like i said i've been stood on the gym floor with sean ace training you guys and girls in the gym section hear all this banging and clanging in the rings behind me and I'm turning around thinking, what was that? And then it's, you know, we've got someone like, you know, like yourself or whoever, flinging someone to the other side of the ring and I'm thinking, these guys have got to do a show at the weekend as well. It's no wonder there's so yeah. many injuries, you know. It's a, it's a seriously physical sport, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's really physical and, uh, look, I'd never, I'd never try and compare us with, with anything else, whether that's mixed martial arts or boxing or, you know, rugby, they're, they're all physical sports. It's just, ours is just different. But yeah. there's a lot of health involved. And when we train, we're, we're athletes, we're, prof we're professionals, we're serious. So the week before, obviously, we, we take TV on a Friday and Saturday. We'll be down at the PC from the previous Sunday. We're having all our medicals done, all our checks done to make sure we're healthy. And then we engage in a full week where we've got ring training every day we're in the gym every day with yourself and sean we've got other other aspects we do tape reviews we we, we practice our uh our speaking our, our promos and things like that so we're constantly trying to work on something and perfect something and if it's not mentally tough it is physically tough but you know we, we all well speaking for myself and probably speaking for everyone else we love what we do and we wouldn't change a damn thing about it yeah and uh you just it's, it's a there's a such a such a good vibe going on when we're all there and we all meet up for these fun camps and everybody just wants to push each other everybody wants to get better and that's whether that's just in the gym hitting new numbers or whether that's being more creative in the ring and mm -hmm. stepping up that intensity and that, that's what you know that that's what improves you as an athlete no matter what your discipline by having you know really driven peers around you yeah. and pushing and working with each other. Mm -hmm. Practice and practice and practice, isn't it? 
Yeah, so um, so yeah. going way back, mate, to your your childhood, then if if that's all right with you, pal. So what you know, what what yeah. sort of a kid were you? Were you a good kid, or were you a bit of a tear away? What was what was life growing up for you like? Oh, uh, I was a I was a good kid, really. Um, I had two older brothers that were much older than me, uh, so they they kept me in check, and I had no no reason to be off the rails. <laughs> yeah, and um, my life existed of playing football riding my bike and you know, dabbling with any other sport possible. I just I just wanted to be outdoors always. Yeah. It was I was I was almost a latch door kid, so I'd come back from school, get changed, get out there, have a time to come back from the tea, come and eat my tea, get straight back out and have a time to come back and yeah. I just couldn't get enough of being outdoors and yeah. just that you know, for me playing sports and stuff was the was the biggest uh part of my life. And I've played all sorts of sports and tried them all and I just for me I think for life in general I think sport is the is the greatest education you could have mm-hmm. because it teaches you so much about yeah about yourself and uh, about the way the world works in terms of you know being goal orientated and having desire to succeed working with others in a team and you know being able to communicate with them and things like that it's uh, and also just like I say having that pushing through mental blocks and, and things like that and proving to yourself that you can do things that you didn't think you could or maybe even other people didn't think you could. And, you know, I, I, had, I had a great childhood. My, my parents were really supportive of me and, you know, we, we weren't rich. We were working-class family here in the black country. But I, I, I needed for nothing I, and I didn't want much either. So it was a pretty good childhood for me. Good stuff, man. So... Um, at what point did uh, wrestling start to become part of your life? Not even necessarily, excuse me, from a, um, a physical standpoint, as in actually getting involved in it. But you know, were you one of these like, like myself? You know, for, saw your first wrestling show at like say six or something. I think I think mine was something like WrestleMania six or something like that. It was one of the first ones I can recall seeing when I was probably I don't know eight nine years old, if that. Yeah, I'm very similar that that, that kind of generation. I think. I think my first show that I, the first show I remember seeing on television was the uh, 1992 Royal Rumble with Ric Flair. Yeah. Um, he, he won it, you know, I don't want to give anybody spoilers out there, but it was almost 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but he, he was, uh, he, he was doing that whole rolling out under the bottom rope as opposed to being thrown over the top to save himself. And I remember being sat there with my mom and my mom getting agitated by it. And <laughs> I was getting agitated, you know, he loves screaming at the television and, I think I was just hooked in from that moment. And from there, I actually watched the, the weekly episodes of like Superstars on a on by one. And when we went on holiday to the British holiday camps, they'd always be wrestling on at least once a week, sometimes twice. And I'd make sure I'd go and watch the shows and just watch the British guys. And then I, I remember I was taken at a similar age to see a British show at a town hall where I saw Big Daddy and Haystacks and things like that. So... It was uh, it, it, from about that age, become part of my life, and it, it, that stayed with me until I was about twelve. And when when I when I was at secondary school, it kind of drifted away uh, for a short while, and other things took over. Uh, football mainly. I, I always liked football anyway, but football kind of took uh, a prominent role in my life. Mm-hmm. And nobody really seemed to to watch wrestling or like wrestling for those couple of years between twelve and. 14, 15, and then 
one day I just did a, a guy in my class not talking about, I think it was SummerSlam 1998, and uh, he was talking about someone else. My ears perked up and I thought, hmm, people still watch that. And uh, I listened in and uh, when I went down that night, I found the repeat on Sky TV and put it on and that was, you know, that was the Attitude Era and I was just hooked straight back into those kind of characters and all that kind of chicanery. It was, it was a real eye-opener for me then and I, I was straight back hooked and here I am 20 years later and, yeah, loving it still. Yeah, good stuff, man. So when, where, how did it come about then? You know, did you, did you, was there a local sort of wrestling club or was it something you had to travel to to get involved with? How, how did uh, get, actually getting involved in wrestling come about for you? Well, it was, uh, I think when I was, I was like 15, maybe uh, just coming up to leaving school. And every uh, Friday night we used to have Raw on TV on Sky Sports from 10 till 12. Mm -hmm. And I used to stay up and watch that till midnight and then I'd, I'd go to bed. I'd wake up at five and I'd go to work with my brother. At, you know, I was like, from the age of 13, I'd go to work with my brother and clean cars and check them over and stuff like that to get a bit of pocket money for myself. And I just remember being sat there one night, I would have been probably 15, and I was just watching Raw and it just kind of dawned on me for some reason at that moment that, you know, these guys were adults and they were doing this for a living. And I just thought, you know, that, that looks like a hell of a way to make a living. You know, seeing the world and performing in front of thousands of people, it just it just clicked with me. Uh, so from there, I kind of started doing my research and trying to find a wrestling school or a wrestling club in in Britain. Yeah. And at that time, there was only really two uh, two clubs, and there was uh, there was one in in Ashford, Kent, and there was one in Portsmouth. And being in the Midlands at fifteen and sixteen, I wasn't going to be allowed to get the train down there by myself and stuff. Um, so I kind of had to bide my time a little bit, but I kept my ear open. And, uh, I actually saw an advert for a training school for a wrestling club at a local leisure centre. Right. And uh, I used to play squash with my brother there a couple of times a week. Saw a poster and I thought, that can't be right, surely. Took the phone number down, gave it a call, and they said, yeah, we're here on Sundays, 12 till 5. Nice. Come on down. And I went down with a couple of friends of mine who said they wanted to do it. And I just remember being pretty nervous about it you know reading old stories about how how hard it was and you know they're all you know being old guys they're all professionals all grizzled with great you know real kind of um amateur wrestling backgrounds and mm -hmm. i was there thinking oh, i'm gonna get i'm gonna get twisted up and beat up and whatnot and uh, i'll be i'll so nervous and it was nothing like that it was really welcoming and uh it was tough you know the next day i could barely move my head <laughs> because of how tough it was learning to take falls and yeah. bumps and things but uh i was just hooked and i was adamant that i wanted to do it and you know i said i've walked through fire to, to be a professional wrestler and i still would to this day mm -hmm. um and it just kind of progressed from there i started doing local shows and then i started traveling a little bit further afield around the country and building a little bit of a reputation for myself and you know just wrestling as much as possible really because obviously with, with anything it's that repetition that makes you better than what you do. Absolutely, mate, 100%. So, so when, you know, when did the call from the WWE come? And, you know, also as part of that question, um, how long had you been, you know, wrestling for, been involved with it and, and you know, actually physically, you know, doing the show, so to speak, and performing? Um, when did that come about, mate? And how long had you been, how, how seasoned were you? Well, I was, uh, I think I was 
quite well seasoned, quite well experienced. I've been, uh, I think I've been wrestling 12 or 13 years, maybe. Wow. And uh, I had contact from, from WWE, and I think it was end of 2014. Uh, I met William Regal at yeah. uh, one of the um, open mic nights, um, his storytelling nights. And uh, I met him through a mutual friend. Uh, he he knew who I was because that that's the kind of guy he is. He does his research on talent and things like that. And when we spoke briefly, and then a few months later, he did another one in the in this country. I went along to that, and we were we were talking, and he, he said, you know, are you interested in coming to work for the WWE? And you know, after twelve years or whatever it was, I thought, well, definitely, yeah. It's uh, it's my yeah. life's ambition. Definitely. Uh, so he, he said, you know, here's my email and drop me an email and we'll see about taking a look at you. Uh, so next couple of days I emailed him and, you know, true to his word, a couple of months after that, when the April tryouts come out at the O2 London, I had, a, I had a tryout for two days there, and or three days rather. I uh, went down to there, participated in that, and it was uh, such, a, such a great experience, really humbling. Uh, and at the time, uh, the, the feedback I was given was... Uh, uh, yeah, we like you, but at the moment we, we're not quite sure there's a role here for you. So, you know, we'll we'll keep you on record and just keep in touch. And and that's what I did. I just carried on doing my thing, and I was still quite successful. You know, being all over Europe and the world, and yeah. you know, rest every every week, every weekend. And uh, eventually, in a uh, 2018, started 2018, I was meant to be doing something with uh with ITV. And I had an email uh, from from a guy involved with WWE uh, and uh, an indie promotion in this country, and he said, "Have you spoken to? Have you signed a contract with ITV?" And I said, "No, I haven't." And he said, "Well, WWE wants to talk to you. Can you just talk to him, hear him out first? And I said, mm-hmm. "No problem." Uh, passed my number along, and I had the phone call from uh, Talent Relations. And I spoke with them a few it was a few days after I spoke with them, and they. Uh, they expressed the desire for me to come and work with, with WWE and nice. I was delighted and said, well, man, that sounds great to me. Where do I sign? And, you know, I went and spoke back with ITV, told them I was going to do something else. And, you know, we're here with NXT UK. And the strange thing is at the time, we weren't quite sure what was going to, uh, what it was going to be. We knew there was going to be another tournament. They'd done a tournament previously in Blackpool, but we weren't quite sure as to what it would become. But they uh, they obviously had a plan, and you know what you see now with NXT UK was all part of their plan, and it's been it's been a good couple of years so far. Yeah, and I can speak from personal experience as well because it was in January I took my kids to the uh, the Blackpool Takeover too, um, yeah. and it was unreal. It was man, I've you know I've been to a few WWE shows with the kids. I went, I actually went to SummerSlam '92 at Wembley Stadium with my dad when I was a kid. Um, that was something else that, uh, but, but seriously, you know, I mean, obviously that was like, like you said, nearly 30 years ago, but, um, the ones in recent years, you know, like you, you SmackDown live, Raw live and things like that, they were brilliant, but the, the NXT UK was in a, obviously smaller venues like Blackpool Empire Room, Empress Room or something like that. And it was just, yeah, it, was, it was electric, man. It was unreal. Honestly, it was such a good experience and the kids loved it as well, but think I enjoyed it more than they did so it's got a serious fan base on it the NXT yeah. serious that's the thing through WWE what we you know what we want to do is we want to appeal to everyone mm-hmm. we want to provide a show and entertainment for absolutely everyone it doesn't matter who you are where you're from how old you are we just want to entertain you 
and NXT UK, we've got a we've got a real um, a real dedicated fan base, and like you say, performing at the at the Empress Ballrooms in Blackpool is like three and a half thousand people, so it's, it's still considerable. Oh, absolutely! You know, by no means a small crowd, but you can just feel it as a as an athlete when you step out through the through the curtain into the arena. You you can just feel it. You could you can cut it with a knife. It's just yeah. uh, it's something else. It makes it, it makes the hair stand up on on your arms and the back of your neck. You know, that's that that's that's a feeling that, you know, if I could bottle it and sell it, <laughs> I'd be a I'd be a multi millionaire because yeah. it's something else. Just the best feeling in the world. Nice. So as you mentioned before, you've uh, you've got a little lad. So how do you find um you know, because most people probably appreciate that that um on you know, in a profession like yours there's a lot of travelling involved. So do you you know, do you how do you manage to sort of balance that work and life and you know obviously I don't, don't doubt there's times when you you know you have to be out on the road but you know what what sort of struggles do you find with that with with you, not only you know your son but with your partner and everything and well and the rest of your family well it's uh I mean the thing is I say the job is definitely unusual uh but it's, it's something that I'm comfortable with it I've been doing it for such a long time that all the travel and stuff yeah. is is part of the excitement but now with my son who's two uh, it just means a little bit of readjustment, uh, but I, I, I just I stay at home as as much as I can. Yeah. So if uh, so, I'll travel to and from the PC daily because I just want that time with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you 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 only get it once. So if if that means I only get if I only get forty five minutes with him on an evening when I get back from work, that's forty five minutes that I can just dedicate to him, mm-hmm. where you know shower him and you know read to him watch something on telly with him play a game with him you know let him have his bottle and take him to bed and fall asleep and you know that's more important to me than uh, than anything and even though it's just 45 minutes that that counts that's uh, that's time well spent that's that's a good investment in my life I feel uh, and there are times when I have to stay away um, but uh, but again it's part of just the balance and the rest of the time that I'm able to be here and to be a father and to be a partner and, and things like that. I'll put as much, I'll put as much effort into all of that stuff as I do my career. So, you know, it, it might be burning the candle at both ends a little bit, but I don't want to regret anything when, Absolutely. you know, when I'm, when I'm on my deathbed, I don't want to think, Oh, I wish I would have, I wish I would have spent, you know, that day with my son or something like that or, or I should have done this when my son asked me because I will do that when my son asks me. And it's just I get to I get to provide a brilliant life for them. I have a slightly unusual job. Um, hopefully, when my son's a bit older, he'll think he's a cool job. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, he's proud of me because uh, I've got no doubt. I've got no doubt I'll be proud of him when he's older and stuff like that. And seeing it, like I say, being in lockdown, seeing him grow, seeing his development is just the it's once in a lifetime and. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the best thing I'll ever do. Nice, nice. So uh, what does the future hold for Dave Mastiff, the the wrestler, not the family man, the wrestler, the performer? What's, what's the, uh, any big plans or is it just keep pushing on with what you're doing now? Yeah, just keep pushing on. Um, there's obviously, I've got goals in mind. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to wrestle on WrestleMania. That's, mm-hmm. the, you know, that's the big one, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'd like I'd like to be in the Royal Rumble as well. That's like yeah. that's just a child thing. That's I think everybody who's a wrestling fan has had that kind of uh, that kind of thought and notion in the head. So I'd like to do that. 
But right now, I just want to, you know, kick on with NXT UK. I want to make NXT UK as big as it can possibly be, and you know, make it the best possible product for people to watch and make, you know, just let people enjoy it, and make them smile. And um, the the other thing, I mean, it's, it's quite quite a weird question as well because it's the kind of thing you get asked at a, at a job interview, isn't it? You know, where do you see yourself in five <laughs> years' time? Yeah. But you know, all all these people that are answer that question wherever they see themselves in five years time they're, they're never there are they there's always something different about it so you know and i was i was told once that uh life is what happens when you spend your days being busy making plans mm-hmm. so it just passes you by mm-hmm. so i just embrace it you know enjoy every day as much as possible find something that gives me joy yeah you know whether the playing with my son or whether that's just getting in the gym watching something on telly for half an hour that makes me laugh or just intrigues me just anything that you can get a little bit of enjoyment out of you know and uh hopefully in five years time if i keep just doing positive things and keep working hard and setting the example that i want to set for my family then hopefully i have much more success and so does you know nxt uk the brand i represent yeah fingers crossed i can only imagine nxt uk is going to just get bigger and bigger man because uh it is good. It is good, man. It's good to be part of it as well. So, um, yeah, it is. It's awesome, man. Uh, right. So, before we call it a day, mate, you, you know, I know you've listened to to previous episodes, and uh, yeah, I've had some good feedback off you with, from some of my other guests and what have you. But uh, you know, I'm going to ask you now for that embarrassing story or that story where you maybe made a bit of a fool of yourself just to to show everyone who's listening that you know we're all human, matter who we are, what we've achieved, whatever. We've all made a fool of ourselves, mate. So the floor's yours. Yeah, absolutely. We all uh, we all make a bit of a plonker of ourselves occasionally. We do. Um, pretty embarrassing. I mean, I, uh, I start, you know, I make my living by uh, wearing spandex, so that's uh, that embarrass a lot of people. But I ain't got any shame for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, it's a pretty simple one. A few years back, we uh, we had a show. It was in Nottingham, in the UK, and um, uh, we'd got there really early seen what the plans were for the day and uh, it was it was it was at a it was at a leisure center and outdoor it was in summer's summer's day beautiful day and uh, there was some tennis courts and you know four i think three or four of us grabbed a football and uh, we went to the tennis courts and we just played two touch over the nets to each other and uh, a bit of a crowd starts gathering round you know watching it starts getting a bit competitive and uh, at one point the uh, the ball comes over takes a bounce and bounces really high and I just think, in my own head, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm just going to rise up. I'm going to meet this with the with an absolute bullet of a header. And I'll put everything I've got into it. So I'm going to jump up in the air. And there's, there's about 30 people watching now. So I just jump up into the air. I launch myself with this ball. And I mean, I absolutely smashed decades of the ball in with my head. But I hit it with so much momentum that my feet just missed the floor on the way down. And I smashed onto the concrete. I'm just lay there, just lay there for about 20 seconds and didn't move because I just, I knew there was going to be tears of laughter when I looked up. And uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a running theme with me because I get so competitive over stuff. Yeah. A similar one, we were playing beach volleyball one summer while we were working away on, in the seaside towns and a ball went over the top of me and I just take this huge dive backwards to try and make the save miss the ball because it's too long and I just take this massive back bump right on the wet hard sand smash 
just left a huge imprint, winded <laughs> me and everything. It was, I just get too competitive and I pay for it in the long run. It's easy done, isn't it, though, man? Nice, good story of that. So the uh, the incident on the uh, tennis court didn't put you out of the show that night, did it? No, it didn't. Luckily, it was. Uh, it, I think it probably looked and sounded a lot worse than it was, and uh, my pride was probably hurt a lot more than anything else. So. <laughs> Uh, right, mate. So pretty much at the end now. So um, where can people catch you on social media? And obviously, you know, let, let them know where they can catch uh, NXT UK, mate. You know, at NXT UK, we're on BT Sport uh, every Thursday night. We have repeats on Paramount as well um, over the weekend. Myself, I'm on Instagram, Real Dave Mastiff. I'm on uh, Twitter as Dave Mastiff. And uh, my Facebook page is the official Dave Mastiff. I try and I'll try and post regularly and give some content semi-regularly when I get around to it, but it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like spending my life on my phone in my hand, so no. I do my best. But maybe there's something interesting occasionally from me. Nice. Right, mate, thank you very much for your, for your time. I know you're a busy guy, and uh, I'll let you get back to your family. So thanks for coming on again, mate, and uh, hopefully we can maybe do this again in future. And fingers crossed I'll see you soon down at the Performance Centre. Hopefully so, mate. It's be good to yeah. get back and All see right. everybody soon. Thanks for having me, mate. Take it easy, brother. I'll speak to you soon. Take it easy.